Good evening. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 Dean Radio. I'm Adam Wright along with Justin Tucker and CJ Medeiros. So we all hope you had a happy holiday and a happy new year. And a special thanks to CJ and Justin for holding down the fort for these past two episodes and hosting. I got to say, you guys did a pretty, pretty good job as hosts. I'm very impressed. And um, don't get sick during finals week. I had a vicious case of the flu, which is why I wasn't able to make it. And I had to get extensions for all my finals. I didn't have the energy to do anything and I mean, you guys know, you guys know, I hadn't missed an episode up until now. We've gone, what, 52, 53 episodes without me missing. And you guys know I love to be here. So I'm happy to be back. And CJ and Justin, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Not to tap myself on the back, but I think I did an okay job. I heard you. You were great on the episodes I added. All right. So we have a lot planned for you guys tonight. And there is a league-wide surge in cases around the NFL. The Bengals are starting to show off their young core. The uh, Miami's in, uh, historically intriguing season, to say the least. We have the fan box and Sunday's best segments, as always. But let's start off with the New England Patriots, who have lost their second in a row and surrendered the division lead. So the Patriots lost to the Bills. Buffalo overtakes the lead in the AFC East. I mean, there's not much there's not much else to say on that. But CJ, I, re- I understand you have a few thoughts on this subject. So please, the floor is yours. Oh, how to express my frustration. My biggest issue is that I got my hopes up. I really did. I said, oh, we're going to go places. But no, this is 2019 all over again. I guess the critics were right. Maybe we did have a cakewalk schedule. I mean, I still maintain that we did play some decent teams. Even Tennessee is good despite being injured. And we did play a playoff contender in Buffalo, whether, you know, despite bad weather. But my issue isn't, like, with us specifically. I mean, you know, we're a decent team all around. We have some good pieces. We obviously weren't going to go anywhere, you know, with a rookie quarterback. We're young, we're learning, but the game, oh, good God, that game was painful. The defense didn't force a punt. Buffalo was just toying with us the entire game. They went for an all fourth down, even when it was like fourth and nine, just to screw with us. And I hate to say it, but Bill Belichick flat out got out coached. He did not make a single adjustment offensively or defensively. And defensively, you needed to because some no-name Isaiah McKenzie was torching us, despite the fact he only had like six catches on the entire season leading up to that point. And you put Miles Bryan on him, who is consistently getting burnt, And Bill doesn't even move him. He didn't put anyone else on Isaiah McKenzie. And Miles Bryant still kept getting lapped by Isaiah McKenzie. It's just, oh, that was painful. Defense got no pressure. J.C. Jackson, much as I love him, did drop the world's easiest interception. Uh, You know, and there's stuff like that. The offense couldn't get much going. I mean, I don't understand why we go out all out in free agency for tight ends when we only target them like twice. But alas, at least Damian Harris didn't suck. 
and I had him on my fantasy team, I can attest. But the one thing that really bothers me, two words, you know him well, Nikhil Harry. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, Nikhil Harry. Why do you do this to me, Nikhil? Why? And don't give me that excuse of, oh, he's not getting enough targets, or the Patriots just aren't using him right. No, he's a liability. He's got Welker hands, and Welker hands in the Super Bowl. That's what kind of hands he has. He's slow as molasses. The only thing he can do is block. He's literally like basically a bargain bin tight end. And Bill, I know Bill's not one to uh, dwell on the past when he makes a mistake. So, Bill, kindly just find a better not Nikhil Harry receiver. (laughs) That is all. Adam, Justin, you want to take a stab at this? Okay. I, I guess I got I got to make you say, relax, take a deep breath. It'll be fine, because at least your team will make the playoffs. I'm not so sure about my team, but at least your team has a chance to make the playoffs because of how healthy you guys are. He's got I, a point. His team's in the hospital, basically. Oh, yeah. His Ravens. Sean texted me earlier about, hey, it could be worse. You could be the Saints. I'm like, we're worse than the Saints. He asked me, how, how's your team holding up? I'm like, good, if you think holding up is by being held up by tape. And so... And it's scotch tape, not to be not to be confused with duct tape. It's scotch no, tape. It's or flex tape, not even flex tape. Or just Elmer's glue. We could use it's that. It's when I'm working Gorilla. with you. But it's not about me. It's about your Patriots. I think I told you guys to be worried about this game and to be worried about the about the Miami game. I told you guys you had three worrisome games. The Colts was one, the Dolphins were one, and the Bills were one. I told you you guys could potentially finish 10 and 7. But Adam was like, nah, can't be. Can't be that. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, they lose to the Colts, even though Carson Wentz played atrocious. And then all of a sudden, what happens? They face the Bills. Y'all weren't going to get a disaster weather game. Y'all were going to get a regular weather game. And then we'll see what you guys were like. And then that's what happened. Now, I think it was just a bad overall coaching game by Bill. It happens sometimes. He can't win them all. I don't know why he keeps going with Bryant. I, I, I don't know either. JC Jackson usually comes up with interceptions, but occasionally but occasionally some plays just don't happen. Just ask Asante Samuels in the Super Bowl, since we want to bring that stuff up. Also, just to take a dig, if Brady threw a better ball, well, Gerd would have caught it. But that's neither here nor there. I think you guys will be fine. I think you guys should be able to beat the Dolphins, but you guys struggle in Miami. And they got and those guys are on quite the roll. Seven game win seven game winning streak. And so I think it's just to take it one step at a time and be be all right. Just settle down. You guys got the Jaguars up next. You should be fine. All right. So here's the thing with the Patriots this past weekend. They a lot. I hear a lot of blame that goes towards the offense from that game. Honestly, I thought the offense was better than the defense in this game. And honestly, in, in, at times it was it was one of the bright spots. Okay, so the Patriots, they kept on every time it seemed that they scored a touchdown late in that game, they would give up another drive where they would allow more points, and it just kept on going where they their momentum would get crushed. Because their defense couldn't stop a nosebleed at the end of that game. And that was an issue last game where they made where the, the Patriots made it a twenty to seventeen game at the end of the at the end by some miracle. 
And then they allowed Jonathan Taylor to run all over them and couldn't even stop them there. So that's two straight games. The coaching is another issue. And honestly, I wonder if this is one of those things where we're finally starting to, to face, you know, actual real teams who aren't either injured or in crazy weather conditions or don't flat out suck. And this is becoming an issue because we all, we've all gotten our hopes up and now we're getting to a point where we're realizing what, what this team is and they're just a good team. Not, not a, not a great team. That's a Super Bowl contender, like how they were nine and four and everybody said, they're the top seed. We're going to the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl goes through Foxborough. Nope. That's not happening. It's, it's, I, I don't, I, I was already, I was always skeptical of this team and my, my fears have been confirmed here and I don't love our chances. They're going to make the playoffs, but they're not going to go far. Yeah, I think the, the way the AFC is right now, you, you never know. I, I could give them a shot to go to the AFC championship game and lose to the Chiefs. Well, we'll, we'll see what happens, but anyways, uh, we talked a little bit about a couple of NF, AFC East teams. We talked about the Bills and the Patriots here. Now we're going to talk about another AFC East team, which is red hot now and, up, and having an uh, unorthodox season, to say the least, are Miami Dolphins. We'll talk about them next. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. Welcome back. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. I'm Adam Wright with Justin Tucker, CJ Medeiros. We are on episode, what episode is this? 55, 56? We're getting up there. I think we're on 56. 56. So. Amazing how we've gotten this far. But it's interesting how, I've, how I mentioned that halfway through the episode. But, uh, so the Miami Dolphins, so get this. They won their first game of the season. Then they lost seven straight, and we're thinking, all right, this team is in contention for the lottery pick. We'll see how they do. They're going to trade for trade to a Tungavailoa, and they'll they'll be in the mix for Deshaun Watson. Then they win. Then they rack off seven straight, including one on Monday Night Football against the Saints. And Tua has actually been pretty good over this stretch. I believe he has what a 15 to nine touchdown to interception ratio. With around 3,000 yards. Pretty decent season so far. But, guys, what do we make of the Dolphins this season and going forward? Well, if, if you look at the Dolphins, I think they're a tough, well-coached team that play hard and don't necessarily give up. You can tell just by the way they're playing right now. I think towards the midpoint of the season, they were like, what do we want to be? Do we want to be this bottom-of-the-ranked team? Or do we want to be a playoff team? I think they realized what they wanted to be, and they started to rack, rack off wins, including against my Ravens, but neither here nor there. And now they're 8-7, and seven, I believe, and then about to – they have the final playoff spot over my team. And all I got to say is the first game of the season, they beat a New England Patriots team that should have won, and we wouldn't be in this situation. But that's – I'm not holding that against you. But I, I think do. they're a good team. I do. I hold it against them. This this was a this was very bad. So uh, I guess I'll go here. You know what? I'm gonna be that guy. You know, because you know I'll do it. I'll do it. I, I will be that guy. Now everybody, when Thomas Page is like, yeah, well, who have they really played? 
And I, I will be honest. I can say that the Dolphins, who have they played? That's good. I mean, they beat the Texans. They beat the handicapped Ravens. They barely beat the Jets. They beat the Panthers, the Giants. They barely beat the Jets again. And the Saints with Ian Book as the starting quarterback. Are they any the of Ravens. these? Yeah, I said that. They beat the hospitalized Ravens. Yeah, but they weren't as hospitalized back then. They were winning a lot of games at the time. Still hospitalized, but I get his point. I get, I get his okay, point. Okay, but look. Outside of maybe the hospitalized Ravens, are these teams playoff contenders? So what I want to see now, I now look, I have said this, but I will hold my tongue a little bit more for the time being, because despite the fact that Titans are injured, they're going down to Tennessee, and Tennessee's been picking it up as of late. So I'm, I'm. I'm going to reserve any further judgment until I see that. They have a tough remaining schedule. They're in Tennessee, then they host the Patriots. So all I have to say is we'll see. All right. So I'm not taking this team seriously either because, you know, this it's just a cool feat, you know. They, they, did, they won the first game. Then they lost seven in a row. They won seven in a row. They're the first team ever to have both a seven-team losing streak and a winning streak. And, oh, by the way, they're going to be – they're probably – there's a good chance they could be in the playoffs. So looking forward, I honestly – the biggest question I look at with this team, it's more of are the um, – what are they going to do with Tua now that he's playing better? And honestly, uh, if you guys want to give a quick quick response to this, I think they should just – I think they should trade to – they should still trade Tua and get more out of it and trade and in a Deshaun Watson deal you don't have to give up as much because Tua is playing so well that they're like yeah we'll take him instead of maybe a, an additional second round pick that they would have asked instead or a first round pick or any other picks it it makes the deal a lot better for the Dolphins I can't do that you can't do that to Tua that's just not fair yeah I'm not a huge Tua fan but he's been serviceable as of late I feel like he's still raw, but the potential is there. And you have a lot of first-round picks. You have a lot of cap money. Just build around him. Yeah, build and build around him. Don't trade him away. Don't do that. I'm not willing to give away my future when I have a serviceable quarterback right now that can lead us to the promised land sooner rather than later. Just for Deshaun Watson, who may or may not be able to play. That's See, all. I just, I just don't think he's. I just don't think he's the guy. I don't. Well, only time will tell. Yeah, time will tell. Like that episode we did a few a few months ago. Remember, Justin, where we just yeah. kept on saying time will tell to the point where like we'll just we'll just name the episode that. Time will tell. Yeah. All right. So looking, so we looked at the future of one team in the Miami Dolphins, but let's look at the future of this other team, which is even more intriguing in terms of their future. Which is the Cincinnati Bengals, who have, are building themselves up a little, a bit of an offense here. All, all of which are young, by the way. We'll talk about that next. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast. I'm Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros, Justin Tucker. We are here talking a little bit about the AFC right now, which seems to be a lot of what we talk about the most here. I mean, we are all fans of the a of teams in the afc so that might be the reason but here we are talking about another afc team except they are in the north and they're not justin tucker's ravens they're their division rival 
who just took over first in the a- in the AFC North, and and have shown a little bit of promise here. So th- there's a, a fun little stat that was put out that the Cincinnati Bengals they are the first team ever to have a 4,000 yard passer, two 1,000 yard receivers, and a 1,000 yard rusher all under the age of 26 in the same season. So that is Joe Burrow at quarterback, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase at wide receiver. Not to and don't forget about Tyler Boyd, who I believe is also still in his 20s and flirting with a thousand yards right now, with two games left. And there's also Joe Mixon, who is shown to be a very good running back in this league when he's in the right environment. So, guys, how close do you believe this young Bengals team is to contention? Steve, you can go first. Oh, thank you. No, I uh, think uh, – you know what? I think we should let – Mr. I sh- Ravens I think fan we should go let first. Justin talk Wait. about his favorite team first, the <laughs> Cincinnati Bengals. You, don't, don't do that. I don't like this team. I can't stand them. They're like the plague. Every time they're brought up, they make me sick. I, I can't stand these guys. They talk way too much. And I hate the Steelers, but I hate these guys so much more because at least the Steelers are respectful enough to actually win something. These guys don't win nothing and they talk. And uh, They're winning now. They No, I'm talking about in AFC general. AFC North leaders. Yeah. What do they do in the playoffs? We've been through this. Once they make the playoffs, they say that we've arrived and get their ass kicked. I'm sick and tired of talking about it. I'm sick and tired of dealing with them. I'm I'm annoyed with them. They beat an injury-ravaged team, and they're tweeting about it, posting on Instagram about it, like, bye-bye. Like, you're facing against practice squad players. What is there to be excited about with that? All right, so, Justin, how close is this team to contention? They'll make the playoffs. And I think they're solid. I think they have a solid core. They have phenomenal talents at the wide receiver spot, a phenomenal talent at the quarterback spot, and a good talent at running back. I think they just need to clean up their defense now and maybe draft the old lineman. But other than that, within the next few years, they could be contenders. But that's just me not being biased. If I'm being biased, F them. That was painful to listen to, watching you talk about them in a positive manner. It's painful. I'm sorry, Justin. All right, CJ. uh, (laughs) Well, then, that's a tough act to follow, but I'll do my best. Personally... I'm more of the optimist side. I like Joe Burrow. I'm a huge Joe Mixon fan. I love Jamar Chase in college. Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, all good. But I feel like they're a few ways, like a few years away from contention. One, well, obviously because they're young. Two, Justin said their defense kind of has to, you know, get a little bit better. You know, maybe get yourself a lockdown corner. I mean, your D-line's pretty decent you know you have guys like hutchinson i mean um not hendrickson Hendrickson, and they have some pieces that yeah and jermaine pratt's pretty good and uh, they have some pieces in the secondary yeah and jesse bates Bates, i mean just you you just need to tighten up the defense a little more but if you're the bungles i know i call them the bungles i can't call them that anymore because they're good but oh well uh but if you're the Bengals. Your number one priority should be O-line. Because correct me if I'm wrong, but Joe Burrow is among still the most sacked quarterbacks in the league. That's not okay. And concerning the fact his knee exploded last season, you're going to want to fix that so that doesn't happen again. That's right, just so 
my two cents, basically. Just if you're the Bengals, you can jettison yourself closer to contention if you patch up that O-line. Your franchise quarterback will thank you. So it's pretty simple how this team gets to contention. And I'll just say say it right up front. They're not a contending team yet. And I fully expect I, I fully expect this upcoming game against the Chiefs to be the embodiment of what this team is. Okay? On offense, they match right up with the Chiefs, to be honest. It's besides having besides the Chiefs obviously having a better quarterback. Well, we'll see. The, the, the sky's the limit for Joe Burrow. We'll see how he ends up being. But wide receiver, no questions there. They're as good as anybody, if not better. Running back, as good as anybody. And they, they even have a solid tight end in C.J. Uzoma. And defense, they're serviceable, I agree. They need some work there. But where they really need work, what is going to transform this team into a contender is the offensive line. The battle against the Chiefs next week is not going to be won in the passing game. It's not going to even be won in the rushing game where the Chief, where the Bengals have an obvious advantage. It's going to be in the front lines, on that front seven. Joe Burrow is the most sacked quarterback in the league right now. So it's not like they fixed the issues from last year where Joe Burrow was getting killed. He still is getting killed. The only difference this year from last year is that that offensive line got a little bit better so that he has a little bit of time to throw. But he's throwing the ball out there quick because he has all these targets. That's the reason why. And he's throwing the ball to Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon's running the ball well. That's what's helping them. But what's going to hold them back is the fact that Chris Jones and Frank Clark are going to be on his ass tomorrow. So they need an offensive line. They need to fix it fix it there. Get get a little bit of help in the on the defense and if they improve this offensive line to the point where it's a good team where it's a, one of the better offensive lines in the league, look for Joe Burrow to be a content uh, enough, uh enough enough can we move on, please? Any more talk about the Bengals is going to make me throw up. Let's, let's move All on. Right. Look for him to be an MVP caliber quarterback in the next coming years. That's all, that's all I got to say. Anyways, we're out of time for the Bengals. But up next, we're going to talk about some, our week seven, 16, our week, week 16 Sunday's best. We'll talk about that game next. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast. I'm Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros, and Justin Tucker. So uh, we're, we were supposed to talk about in our next segment the the COVID outbreak that's going on, but we'll just go on to the fan box. The sorry, the uh, the Sunday's best, anyways, and then we'll just get on to then we'll just get on to COVID right next. Next, so Justin, our time limit for this segment will be five minutes. Uh, so Sunday's best was the Seahawks and bears. Now these two teams have had kind of down seasons, but they have, they did not disappoint in giving a, a very entertaining game for this, for this week. Uh, but the Seahawks led for the entirety of the game, basically, uh, including a 24 to 14 lead about midway through the third quarter. And the Bears rallied with a field goal early in the fourth and then a touchdown with one minute in regulation. And not only that, but they went for two instead of tying it. And this time they succeeded where other teams, Ravens, failed. 
and they took a 25-24 lead and they won at that very score at that very score so and what's notable to point out is that Nick Foles started over Justin Fields and Andy Dalton who were both out and so guys thoughts on this game well going for two works Adam I told you it does going for two does work but anyway uh, congratulations it works until you it works until it bites you in the ass it, it, it works sometimes we'll talk about this later you know why we went for two but anyway Maybe. congratulations to the chicago bears they deserve to get the victory because they were ballsy enough to earn the victory and they rallied back from a 24 to 14 down down bad and then nick Foles came and does what nick Foles does and won that won them the game congratulations to them i love the fact that it was snowing in chicago i believe makes the game even more magical in my eyes because it's around Christmas time. And so, yeah, congratulations to Chicago. Well, I guess I'm up. <sighs> How to put this? Uh, I know the Bears are a decent team, despite the fact their quarterback situation is intriguing, to say the least. They do have some decent pieces on offense and defense, and to call them an overall bad team is not true. Well, you can call him bad coached, fire Matt Nagy. But I feel this game says more about the Seahawks. Seahawks, you choked. You had the win in your hands, and then, you know, the Bears go for two. They march right down your throat, score a touchdown, go for two, and you lose. And I'm going to call it the Seahawks window of, you know, Super Bowl window, it's shut. It's over. You're not opening that for years. The Legion of Boom. Shut and locked. Oh, you know it. The Legion of Boom is gone. Russell Wilson wants out. And do you think Pete Carroll, old man Pete Carroll, is going to navigate you through a rebuild? Think again, uh, 12s. So, yeah, I mean, in my opinion, you need to start selling off pieces to accelerate your rebuild. You got no first-round picks out of that Jamal Adams trade. You you got to sell off Wilson, maybe sell off Bobby Wagner because he's getting up there in age. Basically, everything not named Jamal Adams, Tyler Lockett, and DK Metcalf should probably go. The time to rebuild is now. Just go to the future. Just don't look back because your window is shut. Just build. That is all. It's a harsh reality, but it's reality nonetheless. So full-scale rebuild, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have pieces, but they're few and far between. I mean, they're, they're – oh, and also the Seahawks got eliminated with that loss. So yeah. there you go. So their window – yeah, their window is shut. Lock the, the, the window is locked, and the key was swallowed by me. All right. This uh so that was a that was such a poorly coached game by Pete Carroll and he he really is is kind of an overrated coach. He just gets all amped up. That's about it. He's he's you see him on the sideline chewing his gum. Chewing his gum, talking about how he should have run the ball or actually how he won't how he doesn't regret running the ball. Wait, he doesn't regret running the ball. Oh. He kept actually, on saying he was like he doesn't. I mean, passing. The, or, sorry, he he doesn't regret passing the ball. He's like passing the ball is a great idea unless it doesn't work. But I'm like, whoa, work. really? But anyways, Russell Wilson is gone, and this this game confirmed it. 
you know, this is such you. This is such a. This is such a. Uh, this is such a disappointing season for them. Such a train wreck season for the Seahawks. And the the real question now is where is Russell Wilson going to go? And it's very going to be very intriguing to watch these quarterbacks. Uh, the the quarterback movement as if it was crazy enough last offseason with Matthew Stafford and several other quarterbacks and I'm I'm missing one other guy Carson Wentz several other quarterbacks it's going to be worse this this year where we're going to see Deshaun Watson finally find a new home we're going to and Aaron Rodgers possibly going to a new team and now uh Russell Wilson so that's going to be interesting to see what to see how this all plays out but I mean, it's going to be interesting. I think he should go to the Saints. That'd be a good spot for him. Yeah, it'd be a good spot for him. They'd have a quality quarterback. And some, hopefully Mike Thomas will be back by now. But by then. But you would hope. We will see. So up next, we're finally going to get to our COVID surge, which we were supposed to talk about in this segment. But whatever. That'll be segment four, I believe. So that'll be segment four. Coming up next, the COVID surge. Don't go anywhere. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88, Dean Radio. I'm Adam Wright, Justin Tucker, CJ Medeiros in for you on this fine winter night. And so, so per league data, there were 165 players placed on the COVID list during the week of December 13th through 18th. 205 players were put on the list through the week of December 20th through the 25th. And per NFL research, the total number of players placed on the reserve COVID list is 521 in the month of December, including 476 since December 13th. So unbelievable surge going on. And so Tom Pilicero, uh gave out a little list of some uh, some changes going on uh, that are going to happen to po- protocols. So we'll have unvaccinated individuals still subject to a five day quarantine for high risk close contact meetings only allowed outdoors or distanced in practice bubble mandatory masks indoors for all that includes vaccinated people. A maximum of 15 players in the weight room and no eating together. So, guys, thoughts on this surge and thoughts on the changes that they the NFL is making? CJ? Oh, oh how kind of you, Justin. Yeah, they're stupid. <laughs> Extremely so, I might add. So, first, let me address masking because this is a topic that peeves me. Oh, you have to wear your mask inside the building. You have to do socially distance interviews and you have to... You know, do uh, teleconferences. Like, what? No. I mean, you're going to take care to make sure everyone wears a mask, to make sure everyone social distances, and then you have guys literally tackling each other, sweating on each other, breathing each other on the football field. There's no consistency. There's not. It's like, this is COVID-19. Either it's not to be taken seriously or you lock everything down. You can't mix and match, especially with masking, because then it doesn't work. It's like look. Avengers. It's like an Avengers Endgame when Doctor Hulk is saying, "It's either all of it's a joke or none of it is." 
Precisely. That is it. It it is. It's all a joke or none of it is. And look, and thanks to the high vaccination status of the league, you know, we don't really see the original COVID variant, the Delta variant. Now we have the Omicron variant, which per the people that discovered it, the doctors in South Africa who actually discovered it are saying like some of the symptoms are a runny nose, a sore throat, mild cough. Does this does it sound like anything we know? You, you, you want to take a stab at what that sounds like? Yeah, common that's cold. right. It's the common, it's basically the common cold. And it's like, uh, and it's so similar where if you even have an illness like the flu or the cold, it's like, uh, we can't risk it and you might have Omicron. Like, that's stupid. That is oh so extremely stupid. I'm sorry. And it's just, and, and I don't want the, the, the mob to come after me saying I'm anti-vax. I'm not. I think you should get it. I really do. But if you're going to tell people to mask indoors while you play a sport where you're literally tackling each other, sweating on each other, breathing on each other, then no, that's just stupid because it's COVID still going to spread one way or another. These rules are, these rules are literally just a bandaid on a, is literally just a bandaid on a bigger issue. And the issue is going to go away probably in the near future. But if you keep enlarging it, people are just going to get upset. That's, that's all I got. I'm sorry. I ranted, but the truth must be told. The truth must that be told. That was beautiful. It CJ. sounded quite elegant. Oh, I thank you. All right. As far as the league is concerned, it's kind of hard to combat it considering the, the the way the league the way the NFL is the way football is it's kind of hard to combat it when you have multiple people in multiple different positions at multiple different times you're going to you're going to have to come across COVID at one point in time unfortunately it does happen my team is going through it right now which I do not need because of all the injuries we have but I digress um. I'm not sure if I like the new changes that they're doing to it because it's like it doesn't really help me anyway because I'm a fan either or. So I I'm I have mixed feelings about it. If it's for the interest of the team or the players, then I'm for it. But at the same time, I don't think it makes much of a difference anyhow. So I think this is the NFL trying its best to try to get players back on the field as soon as possible. But I'm not sure it's going to work out the way it wants the way the league wants to, and I still think more players are going to end up on the COVID list. So the what we need to start doing, because this is just not a sustainable way of working by just making this COVID list where this big mass, of, it's this big mass of players who just can't play. It's getting to a point where, like, if it made sense before the vaccine was fully distributed because, you know, hospitalizations were up, and the death rate was, you know, 0.2 is still not, it was still higher than that of the flu. Now the vaccine is fully distributed and anybody who can take the vaccine is, is able, who wants to take, take the vaccine can take the vaccine. So it's at a point where if you're worried about this virus, get vaccinated. And, you know, before, so like before, um, before this COVID thing was a thing before this pandemic, there was never, if some, a player had the flu, it was just, he's flu light symptoms. He's questionable. That was what they had. 
and sometimes they would be out with illness because I mean you can't play when you're feeling like garbage. That's that has nothing to do with whether or not you're going to die or whether or not you'll get vaccinated, you'll get hospitalized. It's just feeling like crap, low energy. And it, we got to downgrade this virus to that to that level because of every because players are vaccinated. Most players are vaccinated. And even when you're not va- the players who aren't vaccinated, when they get it, it's just a common cold basically. Especially with these these healthy individuals, these young players, we ju- we have to treat this like it's just just a normal a normal just any other flu because the way we're doing this is not sustainable. I don't think the rest of the world will see it like that, Adam, because they're going to look at the amount of people that have died due to this common cold you refer to it as, and they'll feel a certain type of way about it. All right, how many people have died from the Omicron variant? That's the real question. This isn't the Delta variant. This isn't the OG COVID. This is the Omicron variant. One. Yeah, One yeah that's correct, Adam. One. OJ Simpson has killed more people than the Omicron variant has. He has not. That is alleged. That is alleged. <laughs> alleged. Hey, we don't promote uh, conspiracies on this chant on this exactly. podcast, but the glove like didn't fit. The glove didn't fit. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Please don't come after me, people. All I'm I'm just saying, like, we're getting to a point where you know when the vaccine is is distributed. And the death rate, the death rate, the mortality rate is below that of the flu. We need to stop treating this like it's some deadly thing. Is this isn't the plague? This isn't. This is. It's basically on the level of just a a really bad cold. Basically, I know of of course people. You know, people people are gonna die of every virus. There's gonna be a small population. That's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But it's just that's part of the risk of life. And it's main the the average the average age of people who people who die from it are at an age of 85. It's not people. It's not children. It's not teenagers. It's not these grown NFL players. Nobody has died in the NFL yet. Knock on wood. But anyways, where are we at at time on time, Justin? We got a minute left. We got about a minute left. All right. Uh, let's move on, and we have coming up next, I believe we have the Fumble Ruski Fan Box, our favorite segment. Coming up next, don't go anywhere. You are listening to the Fumble Ruski Podcast. This is the Fumble Ruski Podcast by Power 88 Dean Radio. Adam right here alongside Justin Tucker and CJ Medeiros, and we have reached close to the end of our show and you know what that means that means we are on to the fumble ruski fan box so we post a question box every monday and you respond with hot takes questions and more and we will discuss it and give you a shout out on our podcast respond to next week's fan fan box question to be featured on our show so the question of the week was who was the biggest pro bowl snub of the year so pro bowl selections have come out and there was an interesting selection um, so we'll give our thoughts on that as well. And, uh, CJ, do you want to type up on your computer, on your laptop while I'm listing these off the, the list of selections so we can just go through them real quick? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just you go through, I'll try to find, uh, the 2021 20, Pro Bowl. All right. 
anyways, so our first response was from CJ himself, which was Cordero Patterson. Man is a beast. The true positionless offensive player. He can do it all. Do you want to explain that a little bit? Elaborate on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to. This actually goes into um, another um, – how do I put this? Another point that I have. I feel we need to add – in this new age of NFL, we need to add, like, another position to the Pro Bowl, like – a positionless position, if that makes any sense. It doesn't make sense, but continue. It sounds like you're. It sounds like you're describing like your the flex Cordero position Patterson. in fantasy football. You know what? Yeah, that's it. That is it. The flex. That's what we need. We need a flex. That's and I can think of no better than Cordero Patterson. I'm sorry. He he's quite li- dude. Just a beast. Like I said, he can do it all. Run, catch. I bet he could kick if you asked him to. Mm-hmm. So just look at what he's doing. The numbers he's putting up will ask to do everything without Calvin Ridley and with Kyle Pitts being kind of streaky. He's basically carrying the Falcons offense. And I think that by himself, like definitely deserves him some love, but apparently, uh, apparently not. All right, let's move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Uh, big T, I think Tyson Tate, uh, Tyson Tate, I heard you out on I heard you on the uh on your uh new podcast that you're looking to make. He came out with to uh ask me ask for me some some advice on how to start it. So Tyson, good luck on your new podcast. But you said Kirk Cousins haven't heard a single word about him. He's got a point. I mean, he's a pretty solid player. I mean, he statistically just, Kirk Cousins is having a good season, no? He's quietly having his a career year. Also, do you have uh I see the stuff that you put on. Do you want to do you want to put in the NFC as well? I just did. Just did. All right. So we'll go through that real quick in a in a few seconds. Let's just whip through this real quick. Uh Nick Normand said Matthew Stafford, Deontay Johnson and Josh Allen. So he had a few. He said Lamar has not been having a pro bowl year. Again, who said that? Oh dear. Nick Normand. He is a uh he I must point out he is a Steelers fan. That's tough, my boy. That, <laughs> that's tough. That's tough. You shouldn't have said that. I you know what I gotta say? Too damn bad is what I gotta say. Uh Deontay Deontay Johnson's a very good uh wide receiver. The only issue is there's too much competition for him. And Stafford, tough, he boy. has Stafford, he has a point. Josh Allen, yeah, I agree. Allen over Lamar. I mean, Lamar's been hurt, no? Yeah, Lamar's been hurt. If he's been healthy, yes, he would have been a pro bowler. No, not really. Yes, he would have. All right. Up next, Secret Weapon Consulting, which I believe CJ said he's he's friends with, right? Uh, You could say that. Jake Bailey and or Nick Folk. They're having career years, and Jake Bailey is... Jake Bailey, he's he's arguably arguably an All Pro. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in my opinion, he's easily like one of the best punters in the league. I know that's not something we we discuss, but yeah. I mean, plus no disrespect to Justin Tucker, but good God, Nick Folk has been so good. 
Uh, and yes, I know Justin Tucker with his record-breaking kick. Oh boy, let's carry him around on our shoulders. But uh, look, I'm just saying, game winner. Game winner. Big team. Tyson Tate also said Eric Ten- Eric Kendricks, linebacker. Yeah, I agree. He's having he's having a better statistical year than his Pro Bowl year back in 2019. Yeah, Eric Kendricks is one of those players that seems to have fallen by the wayside as of late, but he's still pretty damn good. Absolutely. Brian Mucker said, if you want to look on the defensive side, Justin Simmons. Offense, Joe Burrow. Mm, uh, I can't yeah, say Joe Burrow. I can't agree with Joe Burrow, but Justin Simmons. Um, man. Another really underrated safety. There's a lot of them. It's because people don't really pay attention to the safeties in the second game. <clears> They're <throat> always paying attention to the cornerbacks. Yeah. Um, anyways, Patrick Williver who responds to just about every fan box question we have said Patterson 100%. So we've already discussed that in Smart. detail, but I agree, Patrick. I agree. But actually, let's talk about John Madden a little bit. John Madden passed away at the age of 85. Probably the greatest mind in football history. Yeah, he was a great coach. I love listening to him be a color announcer. He was really funny. Sharp as a or sharp as attack, new in the game, and like I said, great coach. Just I don't know, like you know, he's one of the greats, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And rest in peace. My thoughts go to his family. Like just incredible football mind. Yeah. You know, great commentator, and one of the biggest names he in has, football. And he has a he yeah absolutely. Everybody knows about Madden, basically because of the game Madden. And he has a video game named after him that is extremely popular. Mm-hmm. So, uh, unbelievable. Rest in peace, John Madden. You'll forever be one of the biggest names in football, known as a great person, great commentator, great everything you did. All right, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check us out on Spotify, Spreaker, and Google Podcast. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we will see you next week over and out.